Hell yeah. Not beers today, folks. No, we're on the we're on the good shit. I'm drinking Scotch and Coke. <laughs> premix. But not not your top shelf premix, oh no. Nah, this is this is Bendigo class right here. The old oh. uh, Scotch and Coke. Ooh, it's the kind of premix that starts to taste good by the end of your fourth. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to Bush Radio. As always, I just spat on you. As always, <laughs> I am your host, NC Dave. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Joel. Put your fucking pants back on, McGrath. How are you, Joel? Good, mate. What have you been up to? Me, I've been building shit and painting shit, and yeah, I've been busy. Been oh, real busy. It's good to know. Yeah, it's been all right. It's been all right. We got a very exciting episode for you guys uh, today, tonight, this evening, this morning, next Tuesday or last Wednesday, whenever it is you're listening to this. We're going to talk about the meta. We're going to talk about Bendigo meta. We're going to talk about Aussie meta. We're going to talk about the international meta, primarily the uke. <laughs> Strap yourselves in, guys and girls. <clears throat> it's going to be a good episode. Now, listen, for all you mathematicians and statisticians and other issues out there, this is not going to be by the numbers. This is going to be by the feels, all right? Yeah. We're going to talk about... The feel-goods and the feel-bads. That's right. What we <laughs> think is happening, what we feel might be the truth. The fact is the universe can go to hell with its facts, all right? Because this is <laughs> this is some opinionated shit right here. <laughs> I assume. I don't know. I'm just going off, you know, the way we normally are. We're so. actually just clutching at straws because there's no battle tome to uh, review. Yeah. I mean, what, what are content creators supposed to do without a new battle tome? Come oh, no, on. Jeez. Right? Jesus Christ, GW. <laughs> you release one every other week, but no, we happen to fall on an off week when we're recording this. So, nevertheless, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, to kick us off, uh, we've got some thanks, shout outs, and mailbags. Let's do this. Now, uh, we we're getting more comments, more questions. Um, guys, thank you so much because we put the call out saying, you know, we're recording. If you've got any questions, comments, anything you want to say or ask. And shockingly, we didn't just get slammed with a pile of garbage. You yeah. actually got some really good questions. And yeah. it wasn't just from, you know, our grandparents and their neighbours and, uh, you know, the, the people that we know in our private lives. We actually got some people from the broader community and we really appreciate that. So mm-hmm. without further ado, let's get into it. Yeah. You want to kick us off? All right. First, one? first question from Thomas Smart. With the release of malign portents and army spell laws and endless spells, do you think that magic is now a more important part of the game like it was in fantasy? Do you think that armies are changing to meet a more magic-focused game? This is an interesting question, and he's right. The game mechanics are changing a lot because of these additions of endless spells and other things, while the armies that are coming out are not necessarily magic-driven. No. The accessorizing to the game is pushing it that way. So what I find interesting is that endless spells and all these other things, they're not core components of the game. Yet their influence mm. is massive. That's right. You don't play a game these days without an endless spell? No. Somewhere. Um, yeah, massive part of the game in my opinion. Uh, 100% Thomas. Um, if you've got an army that has access to certain casters, uh, I don't know, take Skaven for example, they, their magic is just insanely good. Obviously you've got armies that don't have magic like Corn and Fire Slayers who are coming out. I'm going to dare say that Fire Slayers will be similar to Corn with their anti-magic shenanigans. Yeah, but we do still have a, a, an extra bit of spice coming in in form of 
uh, Korn's doodads. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they've also got a whole heap of anti-magic. So, um, you know, blood type points auto unbind something. Yep. Uh, yeah, they can dispel uh, out of sequence uh, in the spells, that is. Um, all their priests can unbind spells. You know, they're really good. Um, at shutting that stuff down. So, yeah, uh, whether you're heavy in magic, like magic-focused, or if you're anti-magic-focused, it's still a massive part of the game. Um, has it taken the place of shooting? Uh, currently, we're seeing that, yes. Uh, mm. Shooting is coming back, though, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yep, for sure. Um, yep. All right, take us to the next one. Uh, so, Luke Stone, how do you plan for the meta? Uh, oh, sorry, he's got a couple of questions, doesn't he? Uh, so, how do you plan for the meta? Is LLV stats something you look at? So, LLV does the Honest Wargamer stats. I don't know if you listened to that, Dave. Uh, yeah, I have, actually. Um, I personally find stats and numbers to be quite interesting. Mm, and so, I'm, I'm one of those guys who does actually like to break down the numbers and really compare data. How does that affect your planning? Uh, it doesn't. Good. There you go. Uh, so, what we're going to also... I don't, see, the problem with asking all these awesome questions uh, is stuff that we're actually going to be talking about a little bit later. It is. But um, I... It, this is partly because of the Bendigo meta. Uh, I write lists which are more all-comers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whether it's random missions on the day uh, or if there's going to be some, like, sort of skewed off-the-cuff armies, um, I feel like I can sort of... Uh, take it all on yeah yeah yeah. that comes with experience and stuff absolutely but yes it is something that i listen to uh every week the stats show from the honest wargamer Mm -hmm. um i do find that interesting but you know you got all your all your top contenders there and they haven't really sort of changed around the whole lot so interesting yeah anyway so his last question is being a rather tight-knit community here in australia we all sort of know each other do you plan for who is going based on what you know they have Oh, look, I personally don't. For me, it's about playing with an army I know how to play well and relying on playing my army well as opposed to trying to tailor it towards a particular enemy force. Yeah. Having said that, I'm also trying to generally be aware of the uh, battle plans that are being played if it's a competitive event. But... I've tried to create a list that's fairly well-rounded and, once again, will allow me to tackle most things that are objective-driven. Yeah. No, I'm the same. Um, I do like to see who's going there, uh, not because to see what armies they could, well, what armies could potentially be there, but because of who the fact I'm actually going to be able to have a beer with. Yeah, through yeah. the social side of things. <laughs> um, that's that's uh, the only time that I look at that is um, for that reason, for the social. Um, now, I'm going to go to Luke's question now. Uh, this is from our own spooky Luke Ingram. Feels like Firestorm popularity is increasing. Should Games Workshop release more city rules for the various realms and factions? 100%. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it, it, it offers more variety to the it game. It does. Uh, look, I've recently fallen in love with Firestorm. I'm doing up to certain armies I touched on last week. Yes, uh, last episode, rather. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's great. It just gives extra, more variety. What's not to love about more variety? Yeah, look, I think it's um, if you've got access to a fairly flexible or fluid gaming community, mm. um, that variety can actually be very refreshing. Mm-hmm. I think where it's difficult is when you only hit it in a competitive scene. Yeah, because you don't know what to expect. And if every game kind of goes for a bit longer because you're sort of tiptoeing away around it, trying to become familiar with the way the other person's playing. But look, that's that's offset by experience as well, isn't it? Yeah. 
On the other hand, Tristan, who was on the last episode, if you've been listening, uh, when do we yeah, pull yeah. the pin on Firestorm and Compendium in our player packs? When do we just get rid of it? Is 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 pandering to the minority who can't move on from Warhammer Fantasy Battle justified? Uh, this is interesting, isn't it? I mean, this is the other side of it, you know. Where it, there got... is a there is a debate for sure. Hmm. Um, look, with with Firestorm, yeah, there's no point in. It's like not having compendium in your packs, you know. It's yeah, it, you got to sort of uh, cater for everyone, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not they've come from the old world or not, uh, or just uh, porting across. It's you still got to give people options. Is that in an effort to ensure better numbers? Yes and no, but it's also there to see variety. Yeah, you know, because yeah. if, if we stop allowing people. Uh, who didn't have like who had armies that didn't have a battle tome from attending events for whatever reason? Mm. Then you're literally just going to see all the top netlists. Yeah, well, that's true. And your numbers will dwindle because people don't want to play those armies. Mm. Mm. So no, Tristan, get fucked. <laughs> uh, and I don't think we should pull the pit on it, especially because I'm starting up my own army as well, and that's going to take a lot of man man hours. There you go. There is a completely non biased reply. <laughs> Carry on. Adam, uh, Adam, Adam Burt asks, how many slabs should I buy for Border Wars? All of them. Uh, at least two just for me. Uh, and then whatever everyone else wants. Um, but I'm planning on being fuck-eyed for a good two days and yep. nights. All right, so you need an extra slab for every three degrees above 24 degrees that the uh, thermometer hits, yep. just for pure hydration purposes. Correct. We also need to consider... Uh, dry event versus very, very, very wet event. Uh, we need to consider how far to the car park, what kind of walk you've got. Is there enough time for a drink from the car to the front door? Yeah, you need um, a traveller in the car and then you yep. need a traveller the, for the walk when you pull up. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> just be mindful uh, of these things and, um, you know, don't go thirsty, guys. That's yeah, my advice. Basically, my, my advice would be a slab for every measured person going. And then an extra one for every three measured people. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So yeah, how many can you fit in your car? That's that's how yeah. many. Uh, how how many um, that the, the the funds will allow? There you go. <laughs> All right, uh, Sam. This is uh, Smorgan. Smorgan. Looking for advice ahead of my play date with Patrick Nevin. It's Compendium, Firestorm, and Proxies that he likes, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. So to give a little bit of a backstory about these two, uh, Sam, he grudged Pat because he's a whiny bitch, apparently. Like, that's that's his words at uh, BadgerCon. So, yeah, he's going for an army that's just going to trigger the shit out of Pat. Which will be interesting, won't it? Yeah. Considering it's first round of the weekend. It is, yeah. Um, you know, will yeah. that set the tone for the rest of the weekend? Yeah, get Pat in a good mood for Ooh. the whole weekend. That'd be good. <laughs> as long as I don't have to play him. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> Having said that, he's um, he's always actually quite a good opponent, I find. Yeah. When, when I play against him, anyway. Yeah. Um, don't know about that Smorgan fella, though. He's got his head on dice these days. He does, yeah. No, Pre- thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Uh, Michael Rockhampton Thompson uh, from way up north. And quick shout out, guys, if you are anywhere north of the border of New South Wales and Queensland... Uh, he's running an event in Cairns. Uh, in Cairns, um, it's coming up. It's the Battle of the Northern Realms. Um, 
get up there and check it out because I've been slaving over some really awesome terrain that I've just shipped up to him for it. But on top of that, the player pack's good. Um, it should be a good event. So if you get the chance, get up there and, and check it out. Yeah. Um, now, his question, with your player's pack for BadgerCon, adding to the realm rules and spells, how do you guys see the state of the game, i.e. time per game, rules-wise, Firestorm Compendium armies getting terrain-specific? And what do you feel is the perfect mix of optional extras for the perfect game? Now, there's, now there's quite a few fact, uh, elements to that question. Um, mm. and, and it hits on something we were talking about earlier in that, you know, there's so many additives to the core game that are both recent and historic. Um, how do you find that balance? You know, do things like uh, inclusion of all of the realm stuff work with all of the core rulebook battle plans? I don't know, mate. <laughs> it's, a, it's a complex question. It is, um, yeah. how, how do you balance a player pack? I think you do need to consider playtime. Yeah. Um, so what I've done with this, or what we've all done, rather, is um, we're, we're trying to make sure that people finish all their games on time uh, by taking out all the random elements of playing in the realms, so not having any realmscape features, and allowing each player to then add in all the bullshit spells that you find in the realms uh, into their list. Yep. So there's no randomness. They know what they've got. They've built their list around it. Mm -hmm. They already know what they do because they've put it into their list. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it makes their units more killy. There you go. Killier units. Killier units makes the game go faster. There you go. Um, and, yeah, I think we've got the perfect mix. <laughs> but that, that, that's uh, completely unbiased as well. Absolutely. That's fact, people. Yeah. Right. Ash McEwen, a fellow Night Haunt player. Mm. Except he wins his games. Yeah, he's actually a good Night Haunt player. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this is a good question uh, via the Twitters. Why was there no one from Bendigo at the Anzac Cup? And how did that influence the winner's circle? Who won it? He did. Oh, that's how it influenced it. Yeah. Uh, last <laughs> no, time, I'm the only like... time I played Ash was at Masters. I beat him. There you go. Uh, the guy, James Morehouse, who came second, uh, beat him at Cancun. So, I guess the uh, answer to your question <laughs> is, well, why wasn't anyone from Bendigo there? Too much on our plates. There you go. Yeah. Um, Simple as that. I just didn't have the time. We're already travelling up that way again at the end of this month. So, yep. yeah, we've got to try and share the love with our events. Uh, impact on the winner's circle, well, there most certainly would have been if there had been more competitors one way or another. Um, yeah, well, in, inadvertently, there would be right. impact. Uh, positive, negative, negative. It's hard to know. Yeah, um, look, um, as betting out, guys, we're some. A lot of us are decent players, but we're not the best players in the country. So, um, whether or not that would actually influence the winner circle at all, I'm not sure. I'm sure there's probably something that could have happened, but no, uh, uh, I don't know, mate. Well done. <laughs> well done to winning off the event with Nighthorn of all things. There you go. I, um, I aspire to be like you. This motherfucker was running a purple sun. Yeah, yeah, I saw it at yeah. Uh, CanCon. Yeah, crazy. Insane. Yeah. I think his Nighthorn were purple too. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Josh Maher, last question. Why is it when I put lotion on my hands, it makes them soft, but when I put the same lotion on my old boy, it makes it hard? <laughs> Well, 
Oh, it's gold. It puts the lotion in the basket or else it gets the hose again. That's right. <laughs> well, Josh, <clears throat> you see, uh, as, a, as a boy becomes a man, you start to experience a number of changes. Now, yeah, I was going to say, um, I, I don't think I, I put the lotion on my skin. Sometimes I'm the old boy, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, why are you wasting it on your hands, man? Yeah. <laughs> that's the part. I, I'm not getting that bit. I mean, yeah. sure, it might make your hands soft, but you know, and then it's just an awkward handshake, isn't it? <laughs> oh fuck! Let's uh, let's move on from that. <laughs> let's do it. Let's uh, let's go get down to what we came here to talk about. Meta, 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 meta. Can we replace the word meta for the rest of this episode with like another word, like chicken or something? Yes. I feel like chicken's not quite funny enough, though. Can you think of one or something? Giblet. Giblet. <laughs> it's almost what I called the dog. Ah, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Giblet. Giblet. Can I borrow that pen, please? Yeah. There you go. So, for the rest of the episode, we will be using the term giblet instead of meta. For those of you who don't know what a giblet is, what is it, like a bit of intestine or something? Uh, it's uh, one of the shit parts of the chicken. There you go. It's a bit of gut. bit of gut. I, uh, it might be the bit that goes underneath their chins. Oh, the fucking... The, 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 the neck fin. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the chewy bit. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. when, you, when, you catch, when you catch a chook <laughs> and, you, and you just got to bite it a bit, when that bit, that's, the, that's kind mm. of the chewy bit. It's the shit that goes like in the twiggies and in the hot dogs. Yeah, and the and the cat food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> giblets. All right, so let's talk about the Benigo giblets. Yeah, let's do it. Right. <laughs> Much better. I like Much it. better. I'm happy with that. All right. So, <laughs> uh, what we want to talk about today is we want to sort of break down uh, the Benigo giblet, the Aussie giblet, and then the international giblet. And um, how we're going to do is we're just going to briefly talk about. All, the, all three, the differences between them, uh, what we see, and um, then we're going to talk about sort of what things that you can consider when writing a list for your next event, right? So I want to I want to want this um, chat to be a bit more constructive than what Bush Radio usually is, uh, and a, like a, a talking point based on of what we're sort of saying. And also, I'd love to hear about your own local giblets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, what you guys see there, uh, things that are different to other giblets. Yeah, and how, how the giblets <laughs> are changing with time, how you know each new release uh, brings new giblets to the table. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and how the giblets are being uh, represented in play packs. Yeah, that's mm. right. It's, um, all, it's all very interesting and it's all very different giblets. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, moist ones, wobbly ones, sloppy ones, uh, giblets and gravy. You know, just saying. We just we we want to know about all of them. We do. All right. So let's talk about the Bendigo giblets. Yeah. Um, so Bendigo is a town, country town in central Victoria. For those that don't already know that. Yeah. Now I've already discussed the history of Bendigo on a prior episode. So but this is true. Uh, in case if you missed that episode, just thought I'd uh, catch up just a little bit. Yep. Go for it. Yep. So. Uh, we are central to everywhere in Victoria, obviously being in central Victoria, yep. uh, and we're about one to two hours away from pretty much anywhere else, uh, worth mentioning anyway. Yep. Um, in Bendigo, we have upwards of maybe 20, 20 players, maybe 
25 if you push like the extremes who the players who sort of dabble in sigma and you know play 40k or don't really sort of go to events or anything like that yeah i don't know yeah no you'd be right i mean uh we're a town that's got two retailers for games workshop yeah three actually are they yeah the other one's still doing it yeah but they don't really have much of a range you know there you go yeah Okay, so we've got three, um, but you know, an organised monthly event um, which is running at the moment. Prior to that, were you know sort of fairly regular gatherings, and um, yeah, I think it's died off a little bit. Yeah, but it's coming back. It is. Um, people are making the switch from forty k. I think mm, goes in swings and roundabouts. That's for sure. I remember, like at the club meets back in the day, we would have thirty plus people. Uh, in the hall every fortnight and then you know, it sort of died down just to who uh, you guys would be more familiar with who represent measured gaming. Yeah. So, and that's where it's sort of at starting to pick back up again. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but what, what are the, Dave, what are the kind of lists that we see uh, terrorising the, the tables at ben, in Benigo? Uh, we're, we're actually, we're pretty chaos heavy. Um, all... Uh, not including Skaven, although that'll come back. Uh, the other four Chaos factions, Khorne, Slanesh, Zinch, and Nurgle, are all pretty well represented. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I'm the only Slanesh player, but you've got two to three of all the other ones. Of each of the others, yeah. yeah. Um, on top of that, you've got... Um, there's a uh, there's probably three or four of us that play Stormcast. Yep. Um I think I'm the only Night Haunt player, but there are a couple of other Death players. Yeah. Um, so in Bendigo, uh, every person uh, that plays Sigma, like uh, mainly Sigma, has two to three different armies. Yep. Uh, and we we all uh, swap and change what we're, what we're taking every week. So um, you've got, you know, Ideneth players, you've got uh, Nagash players, yep. you've got all that sort of shit. But the thing is, people um, people in Benigo, they'll stick to one army for a while, uh, and but they'll miss out like on that sort of new hotness of the stuff that they've already got. For example, our Nagash players, there's what, two or three of them, yep. uh, are not playing Nagash at the moment because they don't have Gringas Reapers. That's right, because I've got all of them. Yeah. <laughs> So um, no, that's true. And think, yeah, so there's things like that to um, sort of consider. We've got a couple of Ideneth players, a couple of Seraphon players. We uh, we don't have a Silverneth player. No, who's, who's a who's a regular Silverneth player? Nope. Um, we don't have a regular KO player. Nope. Um, we don't have a regular Fire Slayers player. Nope. Man, say that fast. Yep. Fire Slayer player. <laughs> um, uh, one daughters of Cain army in Benio. Just the one. Yep. Um and. I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that they are such a meta army and that list is such a net list mm. that I think we're all in Benigo actually just a little bit revolted by it. Are we? I don't know. Well, there doesn't seem to be any level of respect for it. Oh, fuck no. You know, in no. that it's like, oh yeah, it's that daughter's list. Yeah. Um, it in itself has a, a, you know, kind of a degree of reverence or, or expectation 
It doesn't always play out, obviously, but that comes down to the player. Mm. But, you know, there's, there's just one for something that's supposedly at the top of its game and something that statistically is head and shoulders above anything else. No one here actually wants to play it. That's right. Except for the one person who's trying to chase glory with a that's it with an army that doesn't give you that. But if you gave him a chance, I think he'd gladly pick up a different army and run that mm. if it had a tactic in it that he was satisfied with. Oh, look, um, so Tristan is the Doors of Cain player in Bendigo, and um, you know, full credit to him, he's chosen that army. He's gotten you to paint it up, and that's going to be his tournament army for the year. Yeah. Which is, I've got no issue with that. No. No. But um, you're right, it is one of those lists that we kind of avoid because it's got a bad smell to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else do we have, though? Like, it's probably easier to say, what do we, what are we missing? Yeah, what are, what are we missing other than the ones I've rattled off before? Um... So, uh, what, what we're going to do is we're going to grab out the... Um, just the, the the stats real quick. Yep. And we're just going to rattle off. Um, I did send it to you. If you well, that was good of you. Yeah. Uh, so legions of Nagash. We're just going to go top to bottom of the of some of the um, uh, fucking what do you call it the, the faction. So yep. we've got legions of Nagash. We've got flesh eating courts player. One daughter's player. Stormcast Ardeneth. Uh, I've got one Nurgle player uh, who runs a mortal heavy list. Does have a thrice fold uh, hidden away, but yeah, um, beast of chaos. Well, that's you. Uh, that's just me. Yep. Uh, we've got a couple of Skaven armies. We've got Slanesh. Uh, our destruction players. Everyone's sort of got a destruction army, but no one actually uses them. Well, our, <laughs> our Nurgle players pushing to run the Gloom Spite this year, so he's yep. He's going to bring that to the forefront. Yep. I'm running Nighthorn. We've all we've got three blade, uh, three corn armies. Yep. Um, uh, we've got Zinch. Uh, a couple of players have Zinch, but again, don't really use them. Yep. Uh, well, Alex is mainly Zinch. Yep. Uh, uh, we do have a, a Chaos Dwarf player, um, but he doesn't live in Bendigo. Well, I think technically we've got two. Yeah, technically two. Yeah. But again, both of them don't live in Bendigo, so no. it's hard to get games against them. Yeah. Uh, we do have some Seraphon players, or one, two Seraphon players. Two Seraphons, yeah. Uh, Tristan's got KO. Uh, nearly every one of us got Iron Jaws. <laughs> yeah. uh, we won't touch on the, the mixed armies, but uh, three peoples, uh, two players have three people armies, but you don't see them on the table. Yeah. Uh, no one's Sylvaneth. Uh, no one's got a mixed order army. Sure, someone could make a mixed order army, but don't yeah. actually have a proper mixed order. No, no one's designed one, no. Yeah. Uh, couple of bone splitters. Uh, and that's pretty much it worth mentioning there. Yeah. But uh, everything else that we've got in Bendigo is like sort of one of each, of yeah. maybe of some of those lesser represented factions. Yes. All right. So like just between the two of us, where we've both got Stormcast armies. Yeah. You've got Slanesh beasts. And soon to be a mixed order army. And, and soon to be a mixed order. I've also got Nighthaunt, um, Pestilence. Skaven and uh, Beast Claw Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, that'll. I mean, that'll do me for now. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess um, what's interesting with the Bendigo meta? Oh, sorry, the Bendigo giblet. Yeah, we don't <laughs> use the M word around here. <laughs> the Bendigo giblet is um, 
Uh, we're not looking to chase glory with a with a refined net list, which uh, we'll talk about a bit later in like the other giblets. Yep. Um, so it's like international giblet, for example. Um, but yeah, we're kind of trying to chase glory, doing it in our own way. Yeah, I think there's there's a definite push um, for us locally to be a little bit and I'm not I'm not innovative, but actually a little bit outside the box or mm. finding. A particular trait or characteristic or avenue that you can sort of guide your list through, yeah, um, and aim to win cleverly rather than a, a brute force or a you know kind of a, something that everyone knows about. Mm. So um, we know about all those traditional net lists, and we're writing lists on how to beat them. Not exactly beat a player. Yeah. But we're taking into consideration uh, on how to beat, uh, say, Nagash with 60 Grimgars or yep. Doors of Cain or you know, any of those top contenders. Because mm, they've um, all got their weak points. Yeah. Uh, even even though that we don't play a lot of those armies, uh, we're still taking them into consideration uh, in list building, mm. which is uh, what we're going to talk about a little bit later. So getting ahead of myself there. But um, ah, so that, that's enough of us. Um, let's talk about the Aussie giblet. Yeah. The, sorry, I'm going to start using meta again because giblet's too hard to say. Is it? Oh. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Aussie meta, yeah. uh, traditionally known as the Aussie meta uh, internationally. Uh, people, uh, Some people look at us and say, what the fuck's going on? Uh, and then while we're inside Australia, we're like, yeah, this is the best place to be for Age of Sigma. Just because of the variety that um, brings, like that we bring, it's the most interesting place, mm, if nothing sure. else. Um, yeah, for sure. So the Aussie Meta has got a splash of those top lists uh, that we've talked about just before, uh, but then we've also got a lot of outliers uh, and a lot of uh, off-the-cuff armies. So uh, a perfect example is uh, we have a whole heap of Iron Jaws players in Australia, yeah, uh, which don't do well, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, people still like playing them. This is great. Uh, when we went to Saggy T, there was what four or five Beast Claw Raider players. Ooh. You know, yeah. My um, first game was against a mixed destruction that was like a a random hod podge of stuff that he just wanted to play. Awesome, a great game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think um, in Australia, there's a lot of people who don't really care too much about sort of winning. They're just more there for fun. I'm sure if I went over to the UK or something, it would be the same or similar. Mm. But you just don't sort of hear about them. Like, this is uh, this is me talking while I'm outside of that scene, yeah. uh, looking in. Yeah. And all I see is uh, top lists, and that's all I hear about. You know? So, uh, yeah, it's great to see that, uh, in Australia anyway, that so many people are taking on board all these off-the-cuff armies. And another good example is uh, Luke Stone. Uh, taking Scourge Privateers mm -hmm. and kicking ass with them. Yeah. So, yeah. If everyone started sort of doing all that, armies like that, it would just be awesome. Which, is, in Australia, a lot more people do that compared do. to everywhere else. Yeah, and I, and I think because of that, I mean, you can really catch your opponent off guard because they've just never played it. Mm. I mean, that's the other thing. Geographically, we're very spread out in Australia. We are, yep. So, you know, we've talked about the Bendigo meta, and 
and that's quite different to the Melbourne meta, which is only you know an hour and a half down the road. Yeah, but we don't those those don't cross pollinate really because we see each other at events, mm. um, but there's not you know that kind of regular play, and so you've got you know Aubrey Wodonga, which sort of sits halfway between Melbourne and Sydney, mm. has its own thing. Canberra has its own thing. Sydney has its own thing, but within Sydney, it has its own factions and its own cultures. That's so, right. Um, Which is, um, going back to, like, if we all went to an event, like CanCon, for example. Yes, which most of us do go to. Yeah. You don't get to, you know, 200 players without... Yeah, without all, every, all the little groups chipping in. Um, you get to see a lot of real interesting shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which um, is fucking awesome. <laughs> and I've got to say, Saggy T had more left of centre and unexpected stuff than I would have ever thought, mm. uh, which was great. Yeah, and, you know, it still had the, the top sort of metal list. Absolutely. But, yeah, it had a good splash, a good chunk of it was all that random-ass shit too. Yeah. Yeah. Which was great. I mean, every single one of my five games was against an army I'd never played against. Every single one. Perfect. Now, I don't have, a, I don't have the, the hugest amount of experience, but I've still played against, you know, over half of the available armies that there are. Mm. And I still found five I hadn't played against, yeah. so that was still really good. Um, yeah, experience. Yeah. And, yeah, that goes, goes to show that, like, in Benio, we don't have that player base uh, where you can just go up to someone and say, hey, I want to play against your Sylvaneth, for example. Yeah. Uh, or something <laughs> like that. It's, yeah. It's, um, yeah, but having said that, for such a small player base, we do still cover most of what's out there we do. that's, I suppose, that's got a battle type. Yeah. That's probably fair to say. Um, and as GW keeps bringing new stuff out, I expect, you know, there's a couple of us that all, that'll always look to buying a new army. Mm-hmm. I know I will. I've got four. I won't stop at four. No, no, you got to double that by the end of the year. Probably. Yeah. Probably <laughs> that's something stupid like that. Uh, fuck. Um, so yeah, uh, all in all, the Aussie meta, awesome. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh, I love it. Uh, as we've said, we've seen, we see all the lists, the top lists and all that. But um, let's talk about the international meta, more specifically the UK. Yep. And uh, yeah, we'll throw the US in there as well because they're sort of, well, there's uh, international. Uh, yeah. we, we won't talk about it at country specifically, but no. just international. No. Um, Except for Fiji. I yeah. really, really want to spotlight on Fiji. Okay, well, we'll do that after this. Sure. Yeah. Uh, actually, we'll do, it, we'll do yeah. it right now. Will we? Uh, the Fiji meta. Dave, you want to talk us through? Um... Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, internationally. <laughs> Carry on. Fuck it out. <laughs> internationally, uh, as a person living in Australia, looking out to uh, the rest of the world, all we really see, with the exception of sort of China, maybe, they had an event. Yeah, crazy. They allow Warhammer in China? Apparently. Oh. <laughs> they don't allow Winnie the Pooh. No. That's another story entirely, though. It is. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. So, internationally, as an Australian looking in... Uh, we only really see the top lists at events. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't we don't see all the if there is any outliers or off the cuff armies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So traditionally, it's like your your uh, Nagash armies. It's uh, Legion of Sacrament, fucking uh, with Grimgas, Daughters of Cain, yep. uh, Stormcast, all, all the all the more popular armies. Heavy hitters. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, traditionally, battle tome armies. Yes. Um, and uh, I guess how that differs to Australia is we just have more of that random shit. We do. Um, why is that? Why I, is that? I think that Australians, uh, so touching back on the stats a little bit, and this is this has been said a couple of times from various people, but we kind of look at them and say, no, nah, fuck that, we're going to prove them wrong. Mm, mm. I guess uh, that's just a bit of the uh, Aussie spirit. Yeah, and, and we take that a step further in Bendigo. The Aussie meta bucks the trend and the Bendigo meta bucks that. Yeah. Um, and gets even more intricately interesting. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. I mean, how many how many times a week does someone in our uh, group chat throw a list up that they're thinking this could be fun to play? I reckon at least one a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and people, yeah. This, this would be fun to play or, oh, I've found this ability. If it was around this build, what do people think? Mm. That's a, that is a daily discussion. It is. And it's, well, frankly, it's hard to keep track of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when when you, you leave your phone or whatever idle for five minutes and you come back and there's a hundred messages. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it gets a bit much. If you're not already in the conversation. <laughs> um, so... Uh, we don't really need to talk about the international meta too much because everyone else understands it mm. um, or doesn't understand it but has an idea on it. Um, so how do we design a list that is competitive against the, we'll just say, international meta? Yeah, okay. Against the against the net lists, against the common builds yeah. or the... So I guess um, there, there's, there's two kinds of lists uh, that you can kind of go for is uh, one it's called a gatekeeper army mm-hmm. which is designed to literally counter all those top armies um, in whatever way possible at the time yep um, and then you can take a more sort of all-rounder army to do well against sort of everything but it's going to be a less chance of actually being able to beat those top armies yes but still with a chance obviously yeah and um, I think one thing I noticed um in the last couple of events I've been in and I'm starting to do it less myself is that there's, I I noticed a lot more focus on trying to be tabled than to be beaten. So you mean there's more people playing the objective? No, less. Less. Yeah. Um, But now I was on the bottom table, so that probably comes down to experience, but I found people were trying to kill me rather than trying to push for an objective. I suppose you're right with that because you look at, say, flesh-headed courts, uh, Daughters of Cain, they, they're tabling armies. Yes. Uh, Skaven can be a tabling army. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, see, the way I play in my list is not a tabling army. No. By any stretch. No. It doesn't have that output, but what it does have is it, it grinds. And it's hard to table. It's hard to kill. Yeah. So, for me, it's swamp objectives. And just be a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my play style. Doesn't always work. So when we talk about writing a list that's going to potentially beat a super killy army, my list can hold up against that, and maybe it can hold up long enough. But I've got to play it smart. Mm. 
if I play it dumb, I'm dead before I get the chance to start getting points on the table. Yep. Um, but the second I stopped trying to table my opponents, I started winning more games. That's right. It's funny that it's not about tailing. We're not playing seventh ed forty k. No, uh, but but that mindset's still very uh, present. I yep, think I agree, and uh, a lot of people uh, in the Age of Sigma community um, have played forty k in the past or fantasy. Yeah, uh, fantasy. I never played it, but uh, basically it was table your opponent to win. Yeah, that's all the game was. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. If that's one hundred percent correct. It's just what I've heard. But mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain because it was a similar rule set in terms of uh, victory conditions with 40k. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you've got a lot of those players who are just literally out to smack you up, mm-hmm. smack you off the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fine. Um, I, I think it's fine with certain battle plans. Certain battle plans, it helps if you can get across the table and hold your enemy where they are. Mm. But that in itself is also playing an objective if you're preventing them from getting to it. You're not trying to table them. You're trying to control the table. Which I think is a very different thing. Mm. Yep. Um, So one of the threats with all the top lists, as you've said, is the tabling potential, right? Yeah. How do we, as a player, write a list to counter that? Mm. Well, I figure you got a couple of different ways. And well, before before we start, yeah, how do they do their damage? So let's look at flesh eaters. Hundred percent mm-hmm. combat, right? Yeah, they've got small range, mortal wound output with their shooting. Yeah, which I mean, they're doing the bulk damage in combat. In right? combat, so they've got to get in your in your face. Got to get in your face. Yep. So what do we need to be able to counter people getting in your face? You need screens. You need screens. Yep. Or you need to be able to slow them up or debuff them, yeah? Yep. Right. So that when they do get there, they're not as good. Yep. Uh, Doors of Cain, same yep. sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Bulk of their damage is in shooting, uh, in combat rather. They've yes. got um, most, of, most of their damage outputs in combat. Yep. Um, got a couple of bits of shooting here and there, but that's, that's yeah, yeah. you all there. No, nah, it's not enough to turn a game. No. Um, Skaven, on the other hand, they're mm. a different beast entirely because... While they don't have those combat beasts, uh, they've got a lot of magic and yep. a lot of shooting, right? Yeah, well, okay, so a mixed Skaven list, yes, a lot of magic. What I look at in a Pestilence, you've got all your prayers, mm. um, but you've also got so many bodies, so many abilities to screen, but then you've also got your own debuffs or mm. your own kind of shenanigans. I, I look at Skaven as a bit of a shenanigan army. Rat dies, it gets to pile in and attack straight away. Yeah. Or they explode or whatever. Yeah. You know, and got... fire slayers, uh, they're going to have the same thing. When they die, go. they get to pile in and attack again. Yeah. So that's something to keep in consideration is a horde army that can do damage at range, whether it be shooting or magic. Yep. Right? So what do we put into a list that counters that? Well, to counter... I'm going to tell Magic? you all the answers yeah. uh, at the end once we rattle off a couple. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so just as what you think, what is the go to to counter something that's got magic output? Yeah, other magic. Yep, correct. I mean, you need the ability to cancel out someone else's magic. Yep. But see, I I, I wonder about uh, how effective kind of a mirror build is as well. In that, if you've got a magic heavy army versus a magic heavy army, are they 
are they both kind of neutered and then you rely on whatever their secondary is. It's going to come down to who does magic better. Who does magic better or who has somehow a a better combat presence. Yep. Or a better survivability. Yep. Mm. Which is interesting because then you're you're starting to look at primaries and secondary elements to army builds, aren't you? That's right. Yeah. Um, All right, what's another top army that we see? Uh... Let's go for something completely alpha strikey, such as uh, the Enlightened build for... Oh, Zinch. Yeah. yeah. Zinch and Beast. Beast. Fuck. So, alpha strike potential. Yeah. Can grind with the Zangors. Yeah. And you. Super fast. Lots of shooting. Then get in and hit you with a whole lot of shit. Yeah. Ability to delete units. Yeah. Um, with, with some pretty heavy magic up the back as well. Yeah. So... Um, how do we counter that army? I don't know, personally, because <laughs> I've never beaten a Zench army. No, that's fair. Actually, sorry, that's not true. I did beat one once, but it was only because it played the objective. <laughs> um, I've, in the way that I play, in the way that I build, um, magic-heavy armies tend to roll over me pretty easily. Yep. Um, my new list, maybe that's a little different, but traditionally, lists I've played, yeah, I struggle in that, so... I'm curious to find out the answer to that question. Cool. All right. Another list. Mm-hmm. Say Nagash and 50 to 60 Grimgast. Yeah. So this is uh, Magic Supremacy plus then a grindy, killy horde. <sighs> Big time choppy horde army. So how do we counter that? Uh, m- movement. Fast. Speed. Yeah. Move around. It's one way, I suppose, yeah. Um... Debuffs works De- wonders. Neg, neg one or two to hit against Grimgast makes them fucking garbage. Um, and I think you've just got to maybe be clever about dragging things into combat and holding them there. Okay. While you're moving around other stuff. That kind of bog them down sort of play. Mm. Depending on what you've got to do it though, <coughs> might not last long enough to make a difference. No. Alright. I think that's enough uh, rattling off lists that uh, we've seen. But... So we take into consideration everything that we just sort of mentioned. What you need to consider is fast units that mm-hmm. come and kill the shit out of you. Uh, things that can do magic from afar, such as Skaven, uh, Skaven shooting. Yes. Um, so we're at the point now where what do you need to consider? We've already done that. So what do you need to put into your army? Uh, you know what the answer is? There's three, right? Mm-hmm. Screening. Obvious, yep. no brainer. So this is your chaff. Uh, it, this is this is your minimum sized units that are designed to be a speed bump. Yep. So then your chaff still lives. Okay. Yep. So th- these are units on top of your chaff, right? Yep. All right. So for example, um, with my beast of chaos, yes, I've got uh, like thirty bestigors. Yep. Who they they kind of fill a couple roles. Their speed, their uh, killy, but they're also chaff because they're still goats with one wound, right? Yep. Uh, but in front of them, I've got Ungors. Yep. They're the road bump. Yep. Now, what road bumps allow you to do is dictate uh, who you're actually wanting to fight. Yes. So this is called trading. Uh, trading units to then be able to kill that unit with something else. Yep. So you sacrifice your 100-point screen mm-hmm. for then your uh, other unit to then kill uh, yeah. the unit that's threatening you. It's a bait and switch. You know, yeah, you're, correct. You're, yeah. Yep. So yeah, uh, baiting uh, 
trading units, if you yep. can get a positive trade anywhere on the table, it means you're up in points. Yep. Uh, which is what ideally what you want to be. You want to be uh, sacrificing as little as possible to then just go boom, right? Yep. And take off their uh, heavy hitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, the reason why you want your chaff units to still stay alive for is because you need them to hold objectives. Yeah. Your, your big scary unit, who's one model, can't control an objective and then be on the other side of the table killing out something else at the same time. No, that's true. So, uh, I've learned a couple of lessons at, from Zaggy T playing with Skaven, for example. Yes. Uh, was I was relying on my 100 clan rats to be able to screen and to also chaff. Right. And it just wasn't enough, surprisingly, because they died in droves. Yeah, yeah. So you're not... You don't have that... You don't have something to hold and then something to hit. Yeah. They can't do both roles. No. Right. So that's one thing to consider. Yes. One thing to add to your list uh, is chaff and also a screen for your chaff. Or play around with that, whatever works for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Now, something else that you need in your army is something they can hit first or something they can pile in out of three inches. Yeah, to disrupt the flow. Yeah. Disrupt uh, to counter Gristlegore generals mm-hmm. and also counter Bloodthirsters, Ideneth uh, Deepkin. Yeah, the list goes on with all the shit that can fight out of sequence now. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, uh, Beast of Chaos. I'm just going to keep referencing my Beast of Chaos army. Yep, that's fine. Uh, I've got the, the Flaming Bull. Uh, the wildfire Taurus to make all those things that fight before I would traditionally yep. to then fight last. Yeah, yeah. I, I rely on some spells to do a similar thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's... Well, okay, we talk about table control. Now you're talking about combat control. Yep. yep. Which is good. And so if you're if you're baiting and switching or screening your units, yeah. They're now fighting last, so you can still do what we just talked about with any yeah. unit that you want to that can take that off. Yeah, and the idea is what that you you can you can essentially soften up or remove a number of models so that when they do finally hit you back, if they do, not doing much, they're not doing as much, and and then you're you're kind of winning by attrition with mm-hmm. that ability to, yeah. you know, just be taking a little less, doing a little more, taking a little less, and yeah, that ratio saves. So, being able to play with the um, activation sequence of combat mm. uh, is huge now, especially yep. because so many more armies are getting the strikes first. If you can make something strike glass, like Itch and Nuisance with Gloom Spite, yep. the Bull, uh, your Night Haunt spell. Yep. Uh, you know, there, there's a fair few things in the game now. I'm not going to rattle them all off, um, which, in my opinion, auto-includes at the present time. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, right. How do, what do we need to put into our list uh, to counter range? So Skaven specifically because they're a top tier army and yeah. that's pretty much all the real sort of shooting that you're going to see. Like we're, we're talking more sort of top table, top table um, armies. You can throw KO in here as well actually. So armies that can deal out a fuckload of damage yeah. from however long away. Yeah, yeah. What do you need to put into your army to uh, consider and counter that? Next to hit, as in you're harder to hit. Ah, yeah, okay. So, so artifacts that make you harder so to like hit. So like the Grifffeather Charm, for example. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, um, okay, what if they're just doing model wounds with spells? Uh, well, then I think you need rerolls. What you need, you need yep. speed. You need to be able speed. to tie those units up with a... a with, with, 
talking about trades again. Yeah. So you need to be able to get into their face with something that you don't really care about that's going to survive around a combat with a, a shooting unit. Yes. Um, for them to then waste their shots into that unit. Because right? they have to. Yeah. Because they have to, which then buys you more time. Uh, the other way is to alpha strike the fuck out of these kind of armies. Yes. Get in their face before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's more shooting. Then you've got uh, alpha striking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not alpha striking, you've got magic heavy. Yep. You need to have wizards. Yes. Uh, it, magic's a lot harder to counter. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think if you're running a Stormcast army, you don't have one or two nine encanters in your list. I think you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Uh, because Stormcast aren't the strongest magic army. No, even even bringing out the new chamber. Yeah. I say the new chamber, it's God knows how old now, but, um, you know, while they were all magic heroes, they're still... They're not the most impressive magic army. No. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm still unsure about how best to use the Stormcast models that I own. Um, run whatever flavor you want and then throw in a nine encounter or two. <laughs> <laughs> you go, what those nine encounters are is uh, auto unbinds. So yes. if you're going up against Skaven, like the big thing with Skaven is the the magic mousetrap, right? So yep. the, the vortex and then shackles or whatever. Yep. You can just say, no, you're not having uh, the vortex this turn. Yep. You have a second one up your sleeve and say, no, you're not having it again. Chances are they're never going to get it off throughout the game because if you can unbind it twice, yeah. Uh, so for the first two turns, by the turn three, that wizard is trying to cast it's already dead. Yeah. Uh, or there's no point in actually casting it anymore. Because you've moved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, playing against... Um, uh, the last time I played against the Shooting Heavy Skaven was with Nikon. I was able to use the sort of second or third turn drop in. Yeah. So I left a number of units off the table and was able to drop in and then just launch straight at that shooting stuff. Yep. Um, actually, against them, I didn't even wait till third turn. I just did it in the first turn. I just didn't bother setting them up and I set them up back there and got in there. And I, look, I managed to kind of cut the legs off them, which was handy. Mm. But yeah, that just comes down to Nighthaunt can do that. Stormcast can do that. Um, so that's kind of my equivalent of speed. <laughs> yes, I can well, be on the other side that, of the table. That, that, that works. Is, yeah. um being able to redeploy or uh, deploy after, like, deployment. Oh, yeah. on the table. It, yeah. Or teleporty shit or yeah, any yeah, of that yeah. Kind yeah. Of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, nice. All that makes your army fast. That, that's speed, mm. essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, so, Beats of Chaos. Mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got my own shooting. Yep. So, I can shoot off the shooters or I can shoot off those little wizards. Yep. Um, which is what the Ungor Raiders are great for. Uh, plus, I'm super quick, so I can just literally... Oh, you're across the table. Oh, that's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and finally, uh, I guess um, when you're going up against a ranged army, uh, other ranged counters that as well. Yeah. So traditionally, spells, excluding Skaven, obviously, spells are 18 inch range, threat range, right? Yep. Uh, Skaven are 26 plus then 7. 11, 12, yeah. whatever the fuck it is, like it's big. Yep. If you can outrange that with, say, just going to subtly him towards my new army project. Sure. Uh, if you can outrange Skaven yep. with, say, 36-inch weapons. Yes. Uh, or more. 
<laughs> whatever yeah. could he be talking yeah, about? Yeah, whatever yeah. I could be talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So anyway, uh, that that's yeah. You know, all these things that we've just talked about is something that I've considered for my new army project. Yep. Um, do I see it winning a, like a tournament? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But do I see it as one of those gatekeeper armies we are kind of talking about now? Yeah. Uh, yes, I do. Hundred percent. Does yep. it a little bit differently? But it's got the roadblocks for my chaff. Which yep. also shoot. Yep. And then I've got all my heavy hitters in the backfield. So, so okay, what what do you what do you rate do you rate that as a say a out of a, a five round tawny? Is it a four and one? Well, how about two? we go through my army, right? Yeah. And I'll so uh, this is designed to be a gatekeeper army. Yep. Uh, we've got so it's mixed order. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, it's not mixed order. It's fucking it's uh, grey water fastness allegiance. So, Firestorm. Okay. Now, what that does is, uh, in your hero phase, you roll a dice for each piece of artillery in your army. Yep. And on a six, they get to shoot in the hero phase. Lovely. Right. Yep. So, which is, which how, is, that, how, that's the bonus. How many bits of artillery have Four. you got? <laughs> so, the, the maximum. <clears throat> the maximum. Yep. Um, so, firstly, uh, General is Free Guild General on Griffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's he's designed to be a tank, so he's running the Ethereal Amulet, mm-hmm. as well as uh, his command traits Master of Defense, which is a six up uh, after damage save. Yep, brilliant. Okay. So he's got a three up save, unrendable, within a six up shrug. Yep. Which is, it's not the best in the world, but he's 260 points, so he's actually cheap as fuck for what he does. Plus yep. he, can, he can still do the damage. Yeah, okay. Um, he's in the list to be... A tank, two tank, say, Rimgas Reapers. Yep. Because uh, they're not going to be able to touch him. No. Uh, and, you know, other, other things like that, right? Mm. Uh, then we've got a Hurricaneum. So, a Celestial Hurricaneum with a Battle Mage on top. Oh, that's one of those thingies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the thingy with the with the swirly bit With on the top. bits and the woofters. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a very cool model. It is, yeah. yeah. But I'm not actually using that model. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's another story, though. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so that what the Hurricane does is uh, he's got a spell which can do like D6 mortals, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he can also... He's got a shooting attack. Yeah. Uh, it's power of Sotek or whatever it is. You roll three dice. On a one, it does a mortal... This is 18 inches. On a one, it does a mortal wound. On a two to a five, it does D3. On a six, it does D6. Okay. So you roll three dice, roll it, choose yep. a unit, and then you just add up what it can do. Wow, it's pretty good. Right? That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking at maybe six mortals uh, mm-hmm. on average, because yeah, could yeah. be more, but still six mortals in the shooting phase, just boom. It's plenty. Yeah. It's great. You don't have to roll to hit. It's just an ability. Yep. Uh, and what the celestial hurricane does as well is he adds one to hit rolls for everything in my army within I think it's eighteen. Okay. Shooting, um, combat, you name it. Are you? Um... Are you running an ordinator or anything in there to Yeah, yeah. Buff still got more. Oh, just asking. Yeah, yeah, so, just um, asking. got an ordinator, um, <laughs> yep. and he's plus one to hit for water war machines. Yep. Um, so, I'm sure people have come up with this list by themselves in the past, but yep. I'm, I'm doing it as yep. like a hobby project as well. Yep. Um, we've got two units of ten free guild archers. Mm-hmm. Which, um, what they do is they're like Ungold Raiders, they get to move pre game five oh, yeah. inches, yep, and then they get to move again, obviously. Yep, so they're my uh screens for my chaff, yeah. And what my chaff is, it's only there's only 30 models for chaff, mm-hmm. 30 free guild uh hand gunners, 
Okay. Um, so what's the range of there? Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. Yep. Sixteen inch shots with a five inch move. So like, decent threat range. Yep. What they're going to be doing is though with all the buffs. Uh, so they get one to their hit rolls. Well, they get another one to their hit rolls from something else on their war scroll. Yep. Uh, the hurricane gives them plus one. The free guild general on Griffin can give them plus one to hit. Yep. Um, and leadership buffs. Uh, and when something charges them, they get to shoot them. So they've got Overwatch. Yeah, but okay. it's not hitting on sixes, it's hitting on twos because of they're buffed up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so their Chaff Witch, if something does survive like their volleys, yep. they will melt because they've got like a six up save. Yeah, but, but they're a fair chance of destroying them on the way in. Correct. Yep. And you got to get through the Free Guild General as well as the Archers to get to them. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's all three of those units are auto battle on. Which yes. is convenient. Yep. Uh, and then to round off the list, I've got four of the. Um, it's probably could probably go three and make this army a little bit better, but I'm going the whole hog and going four mm-hmm. of the Hellstorm uh, rocket volley uh, things. Yeah, right. Which um, they got a ten to thirty six inch range. Yes. <clears throat> so they're war machines. Um, they got the old crew style, right? Yep. Three dice. Yep. Uh, they add one to hit uh, if. Uh, they shoot all three of their missiles of rockets at the one target. Yes. So hitting on fives normally, which goes to a four for that. Uh, Hurricane and Ordinator plus ones, so they're now hitting on twos. Yes. <clears throat> uh, wound on threes. Yep. Neg two. Yep. D6 damage. Ouch. Yep. And there's three shots per... Per, per one. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So uh, that outranges the Magic Mouse Trap. Yep. Uh, it outranges all spells. It outranges pretty much all other shooting in the game. Yeah. Um, the only thing it doesn't outrange, I think, is the Comet. 32, yeah, because there's like a 42-inch range on it. Yeah. Um, but you don't really see the Comet or Stormcast in general at the moment. They've really fallen out of, you know, favour. Yeah. The reason why that counts my army for is because the crew members are separate to the artillery piece. It's not like the um, Stormcast ballistas. Yep. Um, so if you kill the crew, then they can't shoot. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I think... So that list, it's got most of the things that we've talked about. Um, instead of going uh, magic defense heavy, I've just gone for better shooting than yep. what you can put out magic. It's got the screens. It's got the chaff, kind of, which they'll still do a lot of work. Yep. Uh, it's got... A tank to you know go off and do whatever he needs to do. Will you be able to hold positions? Well, the artillery can move and shoot. Yeah. How far does it move? Four, I think, and then yeah. the crew move five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So they the the crew and the artillery drop as one unit. Yep. But they can split off. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Well, so you can leave the artillery piece on an objective, and then the three crew members can go and run off onto another one if they really want to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But, so, like, the list, it's, it doesn't, it's light on bodies. Yeah. But it's got enough staying power, enough damage output to be able to cripple shit. Yep. It's 11 drops. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Look. Make me go first so I can go closer to combat. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, look, I, It doesn't matter. I, I generally run lists that are always going to be out-dropped. Yeah. Um, I, to me, it's, it's not a problem. No. Look, it doesn't have movement shenanigans. Oh. There is 11 units, uh, 11, 12, 14 units if you include the crew, se- uh, crew separately. Yeah. So, like, there's, yeah, there's play around. I don't see it winning 
mm-hmm. a tournament, but I see it beating a lot of the top armies at the moment. Yeah. Um, which is what I was going for. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Oh, can't wait to see it. Yeah, neither. Uh, 100% converted army in one way or another. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is that because a lot of these models are actually difficult to get your hands on? No, you can just buy them all from DW. But are they overpriced? No. That's good. No, I'm I'm paying more to do this. <laughs> uh, I, I've got a got a concept in my head. I'm not going to go into it now, but uh, fluff and all that sort of shit. Bit of fluff and vigor. Yeah, uh, you know, all homebrew sort of stuff. Yep. Um, so it should be good. But yeah, anyway. So that's enough of that. So that's a list that I designed to try and compete with the top lists of the meta at the moment. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys not think about my army. I don't care, but. Um, what you guys are thinking of considering and what you got, what, what you guys consider and uh, just things on how you can counter certain armies. Yeah, I mean, are you looking for anti-meta with something new and interesting or are you looking at anti-meta with meta? Yeah. Yeah, are you going to tackle the top armies with another top army? Yeah, which as, a, um, <clears throat> as an approach has some merit, doesn't it? But I think it comes down to knowing your army really well and knowing the other army even better. Mm. If you're going to try and outdo something that's really powerful with something else that's really powerful, you've got to know how to undo oh, it. Oh, yeah. You? you have to play, be able to play it properly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, experience is a big thing about this game. Yeah. yeah. Whereas something like what you're talking about, well, not many people are going to have played against that. No. So you do have an advantage in the unknown. I mean... Um, one thing Plus, it's, it's Firestorm, so it triggers people. Absolutely. So, you know, trigger warning. But it's something that, you know, quite a few of my uh, opponents have said to me over a number of games are that the more you can make your opponent stop and think or have to make a decision that they wouldn't have otherwise had to make, um, you're gaining a small advantage. It's just like rolling dice, uh, you know, the Blood Bowl, for example. I know you don't play it, but uh, basically you play that game without wanting to roll dice. So you want to be able to do everything that you need to do before you actually start rolling dice because the chance of you fucking up. Yeah. Now, uh, the more dice you roll, the more chance of fucking up you've got, and it's a turnover, and your opponent gets to have a turn, right? Yep. So same can be applied uh, logically for uh, H Sigma and any other tabletop game. Uh, the more decisions that you make your opponent make, mm. uh, for example, uh reason why I like going 11 drops you have to choose if you want to give me the first one or if you take it. Yeah. You know? uh, it's absolutely. just choices and there's no right or wrong no. answer most of the time. But There will be an implication. It's going to impact the overall game. Absolutely. And um, yeah, it absolutely does. And you've all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, okay, well how far can I move? How fast do those move? You know, what's going to be yeah. within charging range? What's the shooting range on that? Am I, do I need to close the gap? Do I need to turtle up? What do I do here? And bang, that's all going through your head. Yep. A more experienced player is going to come to a conclusion sooner um, than a less experienced player and will make a decision that's probably more fitting for their own play style. Whereas a less experienced player will just, well, fuck it, I guess I'll do this. Yep. And <laughs> hope for the best. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, it's not going to work out. I can tell no, you. but when it does, <laughs> it makes an awesome story. Right? Absolutely does. Um, it absolutely does. So. Yeah, yeah um, I hope that discussion was constructive enough for you guys. Uh, I thought I thought that was all right. Yeah, look, it's, it is an interesting thing to talk about because 
um, so much of this game is about building a list. It is. Uh, and, you know, even with how simple it is to write a list compared mm. to, say, 40K uh, for Age of Sigma, it actually makes it more difficult because you kind of got those choices to make and it doesn't always fit in how you want it to. No. Um, so, yeah, um, let us know what you think. Um, love to hear people's thoughts on that sort of stuff. Yeah, or, you know, post your anti-meta list and why yeah. it would be. So if, if you're working secretly on another gatekeeper army, fucking bring it out. We would love to love to read it. So Yeah, let's dissect it. Um, it would be really good. So if any of you want to share something you're working on um, or think you've got the answer to, you know, toppling the top lists, yeah, let's hear it. Yep. Lovely. Because uh, that's the Aussie way. Mm, that's it. <laughs> let's, Let, um, yeah, let's talk about Badgicon. Let's. Badgicon 2019. So, Badgicon is um, one of the two main events in Bendigo every year. Mm-hmm. And um, what this is, it's like a mini convention. It's 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 uh, our, it's Bendigo's um, uh, sort of gathering of all the tabletop nerds. And um, it's our CanCon. It is, yeah. I mean, not nearly to the same scale. No. But you're going to have a good time if you come. <laughs> of course, yeah. We'll make sure of it. So, uh, where it is, well, firstly, it's on the 8th and 9th of June. Yep. Uh, sorry, 8th, 9th, and 10th of June for BadgerCon as a whole. Yep. Uh, our tournament is two days on the Saturday and Sunday. And um, where it is, it's at a place called the Bendigo Club, which is like some RSL joint uh, in the middle of a residential area. Yeah. Uh, hidden away. Uh, it's you know full of old people traditionally, um, and then the odd family that goes there for tea. Really good food, actually. I've I've never been let down. No, it's a lot like an RSL, but bigger. Yeah, like they got pokers and stuff. It's yeah. not quite like um, saggy tea. No, no, it's um, it's a bigger establishment than that. Yeah. Um, plus, it's got uh, like bowling greens and uh, yeah, sort it, of it's it's like a bowls club that's. Uh, just expanded into what it is now. Yeah. Um, and I really like the venue. That's our venue of choice for our two days. Yeah. Uh, just because it's kind of fancy, kind of still Bendigo at the same time. Um, I, I don't know how else you'd really describe it. It's got a bar. It's got a kitchen. Um, there's plenty of room. You can sit outside in between games. It's really sociable. Mm. Um you know, so I've got a couple of nice sort of areas to drink at as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good spot anyway. Um, yeah. um cheap piss too. Um, yeah. from memory, I think uh, pots are uh, pints are only eight bucks. And speaking of cheap, to come and do this tournament, two day tournament, five rounds, thirty bucks. Yeah, you get a little bit of swag. Trophies aren't anything to write home about, but you know, it's it's only thirty bucks for a, a weekend on the piss, really. Yeah. Um, Bendigo traditionally has cheaper combination rates than anywhere else in Australia yep. or any, any other sort of bigger places. Just book ahead. That's probably yeah. the only advice. Um, and there's generally stuff on in, in town um, on that weekend. So, yeah. Yeah, something to consider anyway. But um, I'm really looking forward to this and we're looking to hit uh, the 40-plus region uh, with the support from uh, all the guys down in Geelong. Um, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, really cool. Um, Geelong, for those of you who are not aware, is um, Geelong's the next biggest city in Victoria after Melbourne. Yeah, so it's still a regional city. Yeah. But they've got a couple of, of um, like apartment block buildings 
whereas we don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they've got a footy team. Yeah. They've got a beach. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah, they're a big centre. Benigo then is next, followed by Ballarat, I yeah. believe. Um, then Shep, I think. Yeah. So we're a small state compared to other parts of Australia, but there's uh, it's still big enough. It um, is. And there's there's enough people around. So, yeah, guys from Geelong, um, really cool to have them coming over. Yeah, and that's gonna be, it's going to be their second proper tournament, I think. Yeah. Because uh, they're going to Border Wars as well. But, um, yeah, it's really good to have their support. So thanks, guys, if you listen. Uh, we really appreciate you all signing up. So currently at 25, uh, still a few more local guys to sign up, still a few more from uh, Geelong. They're saying that they're getting 10-plus. Yep. Um, still a few more guys from Melbourne if they're coming. Um, yeah, look, and um, just to remind the Melbourne guys, getting to Benigo is not as far as you think it is. Yeah, don't ask the kangaroo for directions like what you did last time. Yeah. And you'll be fine. Just follow the road, mate. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, literally, Melbourne to Benigo is, you know, hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes, yeah. straight up the Calder, which is a highway. Yeah. Um, you don't go through any towns. You just fucking point A to B. Don't be lazy. Yeah. All right? Um, and if you live in Sydney... I know there's another event on in Sydney that weekend, but if you want to come to Bendigo, uh, there is flights direct to Bendigo now from Sydney Airport. That's true. So you, Bendigo has its own airport, so you can get on a puddle jumper and go from Sydney. Uh, Qantas are doing flights. Yep. Sydney to Bendigo direct. Yep. And uh, they're quite cheap compared to other flights from yep. what I know, uh, what I've looked at anyway. And the airport is less than five minutes away from the actual venue itself. Yeah, the Bendigo Airport. Well, look, it's Bendigo. Yeah. Nothing's more than about 15 minutes from anywhere else. Yeah, so um, yeah. Uh, close to accommodation. Uh, yeah, you name it. Yeah, so, so guys, everybody, pull your finger out. Come and have a good weekend in the country. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, the player pack's up for BadgerCon. Um, that's got, like, the, the house rules, how we do um, the malign sorcery stuff, which is very unique compared to everywhere else that does it. Um, just, as we, <laughs> just in case you didn't pick up on that this episode. Yeah, yeah. well, we talked about all that um, kind of on uh, Michael Thompson's question. Um, so if you want to check it out, go for it. Uh, we're doing the scoring differently as well. We're trying out another scoring system, which is kind of a spin-off of uh, the 40K ITC uh, scoring system. Well, bad word. It's a bad word. Yeah. However, uh, it's suited for Sigma. I think it's going to work really well for a, a tournament or an event. There you go. We set the bar with the uh, sports score checklist. Now we're going to set the bar with scoring. Potentially. Yeah, uh, probably. Maybe. Yeah, but I mean, I didn't say we set the bar high. No. I just said we're going to set, <laughs> I just said we're going to set the bar. That's a different story. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah. It, it, it might be just marginally off the ground on one side, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm really proud of the pack. Um, I hope that people uh, enjoy it because I think it's going to be a very different event to what people are used to. So, in summary, uh, with the scoring, your um, like your your points that you get, so scenario points throughout the game, uh, are then added on to uh, your overall score. So it's kind of like a tiebreaker. We've always preferred um, sort of victory points over kill points as the first tiebreaker because, you know, you're playing the game to score objectives, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, they should be rewarded for scoring higher. 
So points for a win plus victory points. Correct. So you get a thousand points for a major victory, and then say if I was to score thirty points, um, and then sports is wrapped into this as well. Mm-hmm. So if I was to, it's out of five. So if I was to get full sports, score thirty points in my game, and get a major victory, I'd be on one thousand and thirty-five points. Mm-hmm. So we're expecting those victory points and sports points to be the difference. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes down to two people on the same number of wins. Yeah. And on the odd chance, if there is a tiebreaker needed, we do have kill points. Yeah. Uh, which we we still, uh, things we live you know, in the past, <laughs> or well, slash don't have technology. Uh, yeah, it's just easy to keep track of kill points when we're pen and penciling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, pencil paper, the um, event. So, And if somehow kill points were equal, we'd have a general showdown. And if the general showdown turned out turned out to be like a double death, knife fight in the car park. Yeah, yeah, uh, knife fight in the car park is always the best way to settle. Yeah, a, it, it's settle a tiebreaker. It has a degree of finality about it. I feel. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, you've got to roll off to see who gets. You know, good hand versus bad hand. If you're versing someone who's left-handed, well, you know they're already probably getting an advantage. <laughs> Um, Wait, an advantage being left-handed, shit. <laughs> well, it's unexpected, isn't yeah, it? it is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, so what are, what are the battle plans that we're doing, Dave? Well, round one. We're doing Battle for the Pass. Right, so potential to... You're, you're, there's, a, there's a trend with all these battle plans, and the reason why we selected all these four is because we wanted massive fluctuation with those uh, victory points in yeah. each game. Yeah. So every single... Battle plan that we've chosen, you can get high or very low uh, victory points depending on how well you do. Yeah, to ensure that that tiebreaker actually works. Yeah, well, before we need the tiebreaker. Yes. Yeah. Um, Round two, escalation. Yep. Nice. and I love this battle plan. Yeah. I mean, there's just something about being able to move from one level to another on a set of steps that's moving for you. (laughs) I think it's just the coolest. Yeah. So um, the way that this one works, if those aren't familiar, <laughs> you're a dickhead. <laughs> um, the way this one works is you can't score turn one uh, and you can't burn these objectives either. So it's kind of similar to shifting objectives, except it's on a diagonal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the objectives are a lot further spread apart. Yep. And uh, I think that it's a really tactically challenging battle plan for that reason. Because you can either split your army up into three forces... Or you can sort of fight over two, but yep. then potentially lose one and give away the other one. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, I really like it. Uh, round three will be Star Strike. Now, I added this one in because Pat likes it. I didn't want to piss him off too much with the with the battle plan selected. Well, he's already going to you know have a rough first round. Yeah. Yeah, you up know. against Morgan. So, uh, tipping, put my bet on Morgan to kick his ass, actually. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with his proxies, so I'm expecting to see a combination of G.I. Joe's uh, cheap-ass army men yeah. and some, I don't know, white metal square-based fantasy models. Yeah. But, you know, what is it? he's running them all as fucking... High elves. Uh, high elves, that's right. <laughs> There's a bunch of dwarf models running as high elves. Running a Firestorm Allegiance. There you well. go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should be awesome. On top of that, you know, he'll be playing with his own dice. Yeah. So every time he rolls a six, you'll just have another little... Yeah, just like... Just another little smiling smorgan looking at you. Just like looking in the mirror. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, Star Strike, it's, it is a 
bit of a fan favourite. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but um, it's not bad. It can work for you or against yeah, you. And, I, I uh, think it's fair. Yeah, it it's, is. It's a fair battle plan. Uh, but yeah, again, fluctuating scores. You can score really high, really low. Um, then what's the fourth one? Round four. Focal points. I like this battle plan. Um, I think everyone does. It's it's like the top pick out of all of them. This one's the one with the five. The five, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I like this. Diagonal one. deployment again. Yeah. Nice and symbols. No, I like this one too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then my favorite battle plan for round five. I fucking love this battle plan. Mm, paint voting. <laughs> Go ahead, take. Oh wait a minute. <laughs> that's a that's the wrong line. Hold on. Uh, it is total conquest. Yeah. Now, this is the janky deployment battle plan uh, that has the four objectives uh, in each corner. And basically, you score a point for each one that you hold. If you take it off your opponent in a turn, yep. you score two points for it in that turn. Yeah. Great. Because you have to try and defend and attack, but not leave yourself too spreadly, uh, thinly spread. And yeah, I, I reckon that's a ripper to finish on. I am going to need some practice at that one. I don't think I've ever played that battle plan. Really? Fuck. Well, I'm sure we're going to be playing plenty of practice games for BadgerCon, so... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I look forward to that. Yeah. Because that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know uh, if you guys really rate those battle plans, but I think uh, with the pack and how we're scoring it, um, they work really well for that. And what I wanted to do was kind of counteract um, the, the power of our realm um, house rules. Right? Yeah. Uh, so... I didn't want to have any of the hero scoring battle plans. Um, no. Okay. I didn't want to have any wizard ones. Uh, yep. I just wanted to do pure, a complete opposite of what the house rules buff. Yep. That makes sense. So yeah, to even it out. To even it out a bit, yeah. So you want to have chaff. You want to have bodies on the table. Yep. You want to have clear, clearing out power. Um, and then you also want to have a couple of wizards in your back pocket to benefit from the house rules. And you want to have dice that roll, you know, good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And a tape measure that has like an extra half an inch or two. Yeah, just, just something you can stretch a fraction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's good. I actually recommend using those, um, you know, the ones that uh, tailors and seamstresses use. They're like a material, yep. soft one, because they've got a little give in them. So when you <laughs> need that half inch, you can just... Ruin it a bit. Same as those combat gauges for forty k. Uh, they're made of rubber. You can actually stretch them out. Yeah, a little bit. just sort of squeeze them in the middle. A yeah, little yeah. Bit. Just, you just get that extra. Yep. Extra mill or two. Yeah, know? yeah. It's one of those whack ones. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's pretty much BadgerCon. Um, in terms of what we're going to be doing outside of gaming, uh, Friday night, I think we're all going to get together at the venue and um. Have a bit of a laugh and some drinks and all that. So everyone's more than welcome for a meet and greet. I think that's um, what people really enjoy doing these days. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was brilliant at Saggy Tea. We, I think we'd like to recreate that here and with a little uh, little country flavour. Yep. Uh, then during Saturday, uh, beers out in the car park from the Esky. <laughs> Top up your pint glasses. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> Saturday night, uh, we're going to probably have dinner there. And then, well, we might find somewhere else. I'm not sure yet. Depends on uh, if people are over the food there or not. It's pretty good and, and it's cheap. We're not in we're not in the city, so. Um, then we're gonna head out to Pugs. There you go. 
So, Lockie Mulch Kagi, this is to you, mate. I owe you a night out on the piss. Yep. If you don't fucking sign up to Age of Sigma, you can get fucked, you cunt. There you go. Yep. I owe you a good time, but I'm not doing it if you're going to go there and play bolt action, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's BadgerCon, guys. Um, it's five rounds, nice and simple, two-and-a-half-hour round limits. Yeah, just the usual. Game should be over well and truly before then, unless you're slow playing for an advantage. Sorry, it's going to say, unless you're cheating. Yeah, uh, you there, there's, there's no slow playing for advantage at BadgerCon, trust me. Um, Dalton's going to be TOing. Um, I'm still yet to confirm whether I will be or not as well. Um, I'm happy to organise it pre-tournament, but um, we'll see how we go. Um, but yeah, slow players will be penalised in one way or another. Through the way of alcohol, more than likely. Yeah, and we'll take your chair. Yeah, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, you'll get us all back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Badger. Uh, I can't wait. I'm really stoked. I'm super pumped for that. Uh, there's nothing better than going to a tournament where you don't actually have to fucking travel to. <laughs> but we want all of you people who don't live in Bendigo to get off your asses and travel here. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But for us, because yeah, we, yeah. we actually do go to a lot of interstate stuff. We do. Um, so, yeah, just putting it out there, people, get your asses here. Yeah. It's, it's a two-way street. There's there's plenty of measured guys going, you know, as far north as Cairns, going to Border Wars, go to Sydney, go to Melbourne, uh, go to Canberra, go to Adelaide. Um, you know, we talk about building a community. Yeah. Um, Put your money where your mouth is, I think. Yep. And I reckon um, Michael Thompson would agree with me there. I think that's the one bloke who spends more money than just about anybody getting to everyone else's event. Correct. Um, so, yeah, it's time to time to show a bit of love, I think. Yep. I agree. Instead of just travelling to the cities, travel to the, the regional places as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, do or don't, don't really care. I think um, just in Victoria, we're going to be able to grow the scene from Benigo anyway. But um, it would be nice to get a few more interstate travellers. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of fluffy talk and, and uh, feel good and all this sort of shit about positive community and, and other things. But um, showing up, that's a real good start. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we're not asking anyone to bring terrain or anything with them. We, we've already got all that. So you just have to bring your armies and your dice and your tape measures and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Some pocket money to spend at the bar. Nice and simple. That's it. And, uh, yeah, we'll um, we'll do our best to put on a good show for you. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of that. Yeah, that's enough of that. Fuck. Let's, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about Border Wars. Okay. Border Wars. Uh, it's in... Uh, it's on the Victorian side of the border. No. Fuck them. Yeah, we're travelling to New South Wales for another tournament. <laughs> See, I would have known that if I was going. I'm actually really devoted that I'm not going. I do apologise. <sighs> I really did want to go, but um, unfortunately, I've just been caught with one too many projects on my table and not going to have an army that's anywhere near playable. Ooh. I know. Oh, oh well. Um, but, you know, hey, that is what it is. I think there's seven of us going again. Seven or eight. It's good numbers. It is good numbers. You can't argue with that. No. Um, yeah, it's still... There's still a couple of spots left. I think they're up to 40, 40 yep. players now, which is awesome for another regional uh, tournament. Yeah. Um, so so uh, 
Albury Wodonga is two towns that are on the border between uh, Victoria and New South Wales. So, um, you know, they're sort of split in half by the river. Yep. Um, it's actually a really beautiful spot. Anywhere up north along the river is nice. Mm. Um, it should be a really good weekend, and I'm bummed I'm not going. It's a two-day, five-round, really awesome-looking prizes. Yeah, I want to win that fucking sword. Yeah, first place is a sword. Mm. I'm going there to wreck some face. There you go. Yeah, and there's only I've got I've got a grudge lined up there against Charles Black. Yeah, um, a bit of paid black. Oh <laughs> shit, that was a good one. Well, um, like... <laughs> that was terrible. Um, <laughs> so Charles, I'm really looking forward to our game. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. You're actually going to be able to. Play me with an army that I have played for a better part of two years now. So, there you go. Should be uh, a very good match, I would think. Yeah. First go. game stream. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I'll be running Slanesh. Uh, not going to go into my list just yet because lists aren't due. Actually, uh, lists are due this weekend on Sunday. Yeah, so you can, you can just um, delay the episode until next Monday and that'd be fine <laughs> um, so I've been playing around with a couple of lists we want to talk about uh, our prep and all that yeah definitely go yeah. for it so uh, basically the list at the moment uh, so it's a seeker host we've got big tits she's making a comeback guys guys and girls who have listened to the podcast for a while so big tits usual loadout. She's got devotee of tournament, which is the six inch pile in and activate, uh, and then she's got the thermal rider cloak. Uh, I rate the thermal rider cloak way too much over like extra point of rend or damage. It just makes her so flexible. Mm. And she can just jump over all those screens and chaff and fucking you name it. Yep. Um, then we've got uh, what is it? Uh, the source lord on steed. Uh, so demonic power bot basically. Yep. yep. Uh, and then we. are Changing up a little bit, we're going with an Enrapturus in the starting lineup. So that's the Harp Bitch for those that uh, don't know. Ah, yeah, um, very cool. So, yeah, she gets to shoot some stuff. Um, she gets to buff the Demonettes because she's a demon hero. And um, she gets to make you re roll all successful casting rolls within 24 inches. Ouch. And Demonettes. You said the D word. Yeah, I did. So, uh, two units of 30 Demonettes. Those things are great. Yep. Uh, unit of five Health Striders. Why not? And then uh, the biggest shock to the system is the 20 Seeker unit. There you go. So Seekers of Slanesh, they're the they're guys on the donkeys. Yep. And um, they're Demon Ants riding horses. Mm-hmm. Um, they're interesting. Okay. Uh, in my list for a specific purpose, uh, if I was to go up against, say, uh, Skaven, for example, yep. uh, they will shit mints all the clan rats in the front. There you go. You heard it here first. Shit mincing of clan rats. Yeah. So um, the idea is demonic power them up. Uh, they they move. I've got cogs as well. And that's 1,900 points. So yep. guaranteed triumph 90% yep. of the time, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, start with two command points. So three on my turn. Seven drops, by the way. Yep. Um, we, if the cogs are up, the seekers are moving 18 inches. <laughs> Yeah, they've got they run two d six, Jesus, <clears throat> plus one. Yeah, right. So two d six plus one, and they're charging uh, five plus two d six. Yeah, wow. 
They're fast as fuck. Yeah, they get anywhere they like. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the idea of them is to just literally kill all the chaff and box you into your deployment zone. Yep. Uh, so you have to fight them. Yep. Before you can fight the rest of my army. And that gives... Even though demon ants are super fast, um, they... You know, they're still slow compared to everything else. It's an extra turn for positioning. They can get a turn one bomb. Yeah. But it's really difficult. Yeah. Um, and I prefer to be spending my command points on extra pilots. Yeah. So those Seekers, after they charge, they're holding within 18 of big tits, they get to attack twice in the one activation. Fuck. So that's what I mean by shit mincing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, when they're a unit of 20, uh, their hit rolls of five or more unmodified. Yep. It's two hits. Ah. So they got the, they're the same as Demonettes. Yeah. With the um, exploding hits, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. And yeah, Neg one rends, and then they got the donkey attacks as well. So they've actually got more attacks than Demonettes. Yes. Um They sound horrible. Yeah, yeah, they're a count. Yeah, I don't want to take Uh I usually burn a triumph with them on turn one just to sort of get it out of the way. Yep. Um, but I have known to sort of keep it back for big tits. Yep. But I need to. She's also up in there with Seekers uh, piling into the ship behind all the clam rats or whatever. Yeah, because she's got a uh, fly with that plug. Yeah. So bang straight over the top. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's, it, you know, what's funny is I've still got 65, uh, 67 bodies in my backfield after all that shit goes. Yep. So great for screening. Uh, you got uh, deep striking. I can zone out the board pretty easily. Um, yep. Make sure you can't touch my two heroes at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and seven drops. Uh, in case if you haven't wondered, uh, Skaven, in my opinion, are the biggest threat uh, to my army. Yep. So I've built this list to outdrop them. Yep. So I can get that turn one alpha, mm-hmm. kill off all your bodies, mm. and then all your spells are just not really doing much against like demonettes and stuff no because they just don't have the output to kill hordes they can they can snipe out heroes yes but yeah yeah that, that that's the thought process on that uh on the weekends we've got like the monthly uh tournament yes that's this at, weekend coming at guff so um i'll be running those seekers and we're doing a 2k this month as well aren't we Yes, I would love it if I was going. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. I'm just feeling sad at the end of yeah, this episode. Yeah, can't yeah. go to Port Wars. Can't, can't go to Gulf. Can't, can't go to anything. Can't. Um, so I've only played uh, the Seeker, like Begum the Seekers, three times. And it's been against um, Pat twice uh, with the new corn. And it's yep. been against um, Brushy once with the new corn as well. And I've won all three games. Yep. So, yeah, I'm happy with the list. I did, but the reason why I'm taking it this month, uh, this weekend forward to the monthly is I just need to practice against shit that's not corn. Yes. Yeah. I, I think the corn battle time is garbage. Yeah, okay. Um, well, there's your battle time review. All right. It's, it's, not, ga- <laughs> it's not garbage, but it's... No, it's fine. It's as garbage as, uh, you know, other content creators who only review product. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag YouTube kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were, talk- we were talking uh, prior to recording about uh, YouTube kids videos, where you've got you know these videos of these four and five year old kids uh, opening toys and showing you know what you get in the set and reviewing how amazing the toys are. <laughs> yeah, that's not us, guys. Yeah, uh, that's not this podcast. That's other podcasts. No, we like to come up with our own content. Yeah. 
Yeah, we should call this one episode eight, Bendigo Does Things Different. We should. We meta, might. meta, Bendigo, meta. Yeah, that's it. Meta, <laughs> meta, 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 Bendigo. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, uh, so you had a few practice games with that. Um, we've been, I've been fucking around with like battle reports. Um, so I don't have a computer, but I've got my phone. Yeah. I downloaded some free software, which I can just stitch together um, and like cut if I need to uh, snippets. Yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, just been fucking around with that. Just been posting up on the actual measured Facebook page. Um, and, yeah, you can see me kicking ass with it. There you go. Mm, it's pretty good. Try out three different lists. Um, so, three different Slanesh armies against three different corn armies. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Um, but, yeah, that's been my prep. Uh, apart from that, I need to paint 60 demonettes. <laughs> yep. And I need to paint the riders for 20 seekers. In two weeks. Ah. I've got a hit hole. It got Easter. Yep. Um, got Anzac Day. Yeah, it's a busy time of year. Um, I've, got, I've got plenty of time off. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, at the moment, uh, uh, I'm not prepping for an event so much as I have uh, just finished to building terrain um, to go up to Battle of the Northern Realms. So a collection of uh, swamp terrain and a collection of rocky lava. Castle Grayscale looking terrain. Cool. Uh, on top of that, I'm painting an Ideneth army. I'm painting a Ko army. I'm building and painting the entire new Elven collection of MDF terrain from MiniatureScenery.com. <laughs> oh, I see it over there. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. That, that's it? not all of it. I haven't built it all yet. Fuck. Yeah. Um, so there's a fair bit of that. And um, I reckon you can pull that off for Sigma and that stuff. No. I don't think so either. No. Some of it maybe, but not all of it. No, look, that's definitely Eldar. Yeah. Um, my discussion with uh, Tim from um, Miniature Scenery was that I would have liked the idea of doing it quite dark with a with a fluoro kind of highlight mm. to make it somewhere between Eldar and a bit of a Necron sort of feel to it. Yeah. Um, but he's actually uh, sent... A set over to Canada that's being painted up as Dark Eldar and is going to be used in some battle reports on YouTube. So he wanted this one painted differently. It's actually going to end up being more of a one of the the uh, Dark Angel Terminators that kind of Deathwing. Yeah, Deathwing. So it'll be more of a Deathwing. So like a bony color. Yeah, bone and green. Ah, uh, uh, so Baltan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it'll be that kind of. Uh, that kind of a, a colour scheme across all of it. Yeah, nice. That's um, going to be a cunt to paint up. It's that, That's a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. Plus, there's all these ones. There's all these little guys here. They're, I'm, well, you know, obviously, the power of podcasts, you can't see what I'm holding. Probably for the best, because um, when I put the lotion on it... Um, <laughs> uh, there, are the, there are these little barriers. Um, there's... Yeah, oh, okay. Look, this here... This is the offcuts of what I've built so far. Oh my god! And that's not all of it. Can you hear that? Yeah, that's the sound of a whole lot of offcut MDF. Um, so yeah, look, there's a fair bit of that, and on top of that, I've got another. I smell the MDF. Oh I yeah, it smells. I, I keep wanting like um, oven roasted chicken wings because my hobby room just smells like charcoal all the time. <laughs> um, on top of those things, uh, I've. Also got another terrain project to work on in time for BadgerCon. 
mm. um, which is for a fellow measured gamer. He wants some Ideneth themed terrain. So that should be a bit of fun. Uh, so I'm building some coral reefs and buried treasure and all this sort of shit for cool. him. So he's, uh, yeah, doing that. Right on. And uh, at some point I'll finish painting my night haunt. Lucky they only need like two coats of paint and they're done. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I will actually be relocating my hobby room in the next few weeks. Really? Yes. So um, setting up uh, in the... Uh, yeah. The or the aircraft hangar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the measured gaming aircraft hangar. So, uh, you'll see. Wait, you mean we could just be taking? Oh, there's no plane there. Well, no, it's usually our jet setting with you know the fucking top brass of measured gaming. Yeah, that's true. You know the Tony Starks of measured gaming are <laughs> always in the fucking private jet. God, you you want to try and balance the books on this shit? Mm. The, the, oh man, you know what? Do you know how much jet fuel costs? <sighs> be a, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> If you looked out at your feet, you'll see my uh, my new airbrush and my spray booth. Spray booth. Oh, is this the airbrush? Yeah, that's the airbrush. You just get the El Cheapo from eBay. Yeah. Well, El Cheapo. It's yeah, perfect. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, yeah, done. Yeah. I, I reckon um, I've had one of them in the past. 130 bucks for a what is it? It's like a um a compressor, three liter tank. Oh two, no way! You've got spare ones of them. Two, three, and five mil needles. Yep. So I think the two's in there. I've got threes and fives as well. A couple of cords, your moisture grabber, dropper jobby. Uh, and today I actually just ordered myself the full Vallejo Game Air collection. Wow. Good Good job. Good yep. choice. So it's your fucking... Let me guess you brought that online. Of course I did. Fuck you. I, I can't buy that locally. Yes, you can. Not the full fucking kit. Box, yeah. Where? Yeah, order it in. Nah, I'm not going to order it. It's going to take the same time to get it. <laughs> I just ordered it from Melbourne. Fucking hell. Um, I have to deliver that shit, you know. What? Box. I actually get it delivered to your work. I am. Oh, good. I, 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 I get all my stuff delivered to the office. Not all of it. It's been a few... Anyway. Yeah, that's but that's generally not my stuff. That's true. There's your missus. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, so, yeah. So, they're on their way. And some of those, you know, if I can... Things with the, the alligator clips on the sticks to hold your shit. There's a lazy Susan in that booth, so I can spray and just spin shit. Lovely. Wicka, wicka, wicka. <laughs> that kind of scratching and spinning and business. Yeah. You know, I haven't used an airbrush since high school. Bits changed, I'd imagine. No, it looks exactly the fucking same. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, it was a dual action I was using back then as well. Identical. Um, except I gassed myself real bad the first time I used it because I forgot to put the exhaust fan on. So I was standing, we had a, uh, a spraying booth and I've got my head right in there and I'm spraying and next thing you know, I'm on the fucking ground. Oh, they used to have lead in their paints back then, didn't they? Yeah, probably. Explains a lot, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, that's, it's that kind of... Uh, it's that feeling when everything's kind of coming in dark from the edges yeah. and there's just this pinprick of light. And to make it worse, I fucked up what it was I was airbrushing as well. <sighs> yeah, because I'm, you know, falling over, my finger slipped and I've got this woofter on there. It's fucked. Useless. Disappointed. Off the team. Yeah, absolutely. Can't handle your lead. Nah. <laughs> fucking annoying. Anyway. Yeah, I love um, airbrush fumes. 
Yeah. Says a lot about me. Does. Says a bit. <laughs> Why is everything in Bendigo so different? Well, we've yeah. got all the fuse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I obviously I bought a bottle of lead additive to put in. Um, <laughs> so just, that, just to remind you of the good old days. Just, just to make sure I'm living life on the edge. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, actually. Mm. That'll be good. Um, it's going to make painting all that terrain much easier because there is a lot of that shit. Yeah, well, I've got some rattle cans to do the bone colour. Yeah. Um, but being MDF, they're going to take a couple of coats. I've got a, I've got a tester here. That's why I wanted to do black, because it covers it beautifully. White, not so good. Mm. And this is the ivory over the top. Ugh. It's fucked. So it's... That Rust-Oleum cans? Uh, these are. That's not. This is a cheap enamel. So I'm ah, going to... That's why it looks like shit. Yeah, I'm going to um, I'm gonna go pick up some Rust-Oleum, assuming that they have a cream or an ivory. And mm. um, I'd go with a darker sort of... Or like a really light brown. Yeah. And then you can airbrush the layers over the top. You don't actually have to shade it. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Mm. That brings us into Hobby Corner. It does. There you go. So to achieve a nice bone highlight on a whole lot of very mm. flat MDF terrain, mm. we're going to go with a light brown followed by uh, lighter tones. Yep. Now, I'm going to try and do um, a lot of the highlights and a lot of the skinny bits on those in a green. Right. As in um, the the edges, and you, you can see that it's, it's like pieces of terrain. The pieces of MDF. There's three, so there's two on the outside, and the one in the middle is bigger. So you get this bit mm. jutting out. I want that jutting out bit to be green. Oh fuck! <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> well, I was actually um, testing out doing it uh, with a paintbrush. Yeah. Uh, which I may have to do, but I'm wondering. Would you back yourself with an airbrush and Fuck no. try and do it? No. Uh, you'd have to mask it off. Yeah. That's uh, a lot of mask. It is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I don't mask stuff unless I really need to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that will be an interesting endeavor then. Yeah. Um, you got another hobby tip for us? I do, actually. If you're looking for really cheap basing materials and you don't want to buy the $10,000 Citadel sand... Mm. You can't get that anymore. It's gone. Well, that's why it was so expensive. Obviously, it's a rare commodity. Yeah. i got a box of it back here. Do you? Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, no, it's an investment. It's good shit. Yeah, that's some good shit. No. So, what you can do if I'm talking about um, basing for either single models or uh, terrain basing, right? You want sands and gravels, but you may also want uh, things like... Um, things that look like bark or wood or any of these kind of effects, go to a housing estate, all right? So a housing estate here isn't like a slum. It's like uh, where a whole lot of houses are being built all at the same time by a developer. Are you right? stealing bricky sand? Bricky sand's one. But if you go past all of the display homes, right, there's always, because um, they're always fully landscaped, right? So you've got the ones being built, so they've got uh, bricky sand, uh, gravel, crushed concrete. Just go get a ice cream container or a Chinese food container and go grab some of that. Um, but as you're going past the ones that have had all the landscaping done, they often dump a whole lot of excess tan bark, turf, fake grass in the blocks next to or behind them. Yeah. Rather than clean it up. 
Yeah, because they're lazy cunts, yeah. Have at it. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I <clears> most commonly see around the the particular uh, estate that I live in is people's pulling over, getting out of the car with a shovel and just shoveling something <laughs> into the back <laughs> of their car. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dodgy, but you don't need much, and so, you know, you're not, it's not like you're going and stealing four wheelbarrows full of bricky sand. You're going, there. Doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you're going there to get a cup. Yeah. You know, because that'll go a long way. If it's damp, uh, put it in the oven for a bit, dry it out. Yep. Really low heat. But yeah, it's good shit. And yeah, I like to divide mine into bigger, medium, small, and grit and other things, depending mm. on what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, I've got, um, I used to do all that sort of stuff before I just became a cheap ass and used the texture paints because I couldn't be fucked with sand mm. anymore. Yeah. But for years, I had um, th- uh, two different sized, um, uh, like, strainer theme. Uh, like a sieve. Sieve, yeah. 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 So I used to, um, at the parents' joint, we had a sand pit. Mm-hmm. So I just go and steal a whole heap of sand from there because yeah. we don't use the sand pit anymore. Obviously, we're all adults and moved out of home. And Yeah, I mean, it's just an you. oversized shit box, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, put it through the first sieve. Mm-hmm. And then um, put all like that coarse shit yep. into one container, sieve that lot again, and yep. then you get like real fine, yep. uh, medium grit and high grit. Yeah. Um, it was really good. Um, so yeah, if you're after cheap basing materials, and I'm someone who builds a lot of terrain, so I use a lot of gravel and stuff, I also would recommend getting stuff that you want um, that's the color that you want it. So I don't go and get sand with the intention of painting it. If I'm putting down sand, it's because I want it to look like sand. If I'm putting down gravel, I want it to look like gravel. I want it to be grey or brown. So um, I'll paint a base and then glue this stuff on top. So the colour that nature makes it, that's what I do. Nah. Yeah. Nah. I I think um, in the hobby, you have to get a stick or some sand and then paint it to look like what it actually is. What, a stick or some sand? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm talking about display boards that are two foot by two foot. Yeah. Um, if I want a path running up the middle, I want to use actual gravel that's gravel coloured. So I don't paint it. I paint under it. Mm. So between all the gaps, you don't have white. So I paint a base coat. But yeah, that texture, nature. Really? Yeah. It's their own, I suppose. I suppose. That's the joy of it, really. Yeah. It's your hobby. You can do what you want. Yeah, I will. Don't, don't try... There's no right or wrong way. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. It's personal preference. Like, I don't like using the texture paints. That's fair. Because I just don't like them. Um, having said that, I did use uh, acrylic water effect for the first time this week. It's mm, good shit. It was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I topped it off with a little bit of Nurgle's Rot, so I ended up with these kind of bubbles of slime in it. It was very cool. It was a cool effect in the end. So, mm. anyway, that's enough of Hobby Corner. Um this segment was uh, proudly brought to you by Patrick Nevin, who loves Hobby Corner. And um, Highland Scotch Whiskey and Cola. Yeah. Genuine Scotch Whiskey and Cola. Oh, I can't believe it's genuine. I thought, genuine I, thought, but... I thought I was drinking knockoff scotch. <laughs> wow. Colour me impressed. Oh, there's one more. There's that's, one more. That's yours. I've had before. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm yeah. going to have a Jack. All right. Have a Jack. <laughs> I need to wash the stank out of it now. Yeah, it is a lot of stank. Now, um, if you're still with us, good on you, because we're coming up to the two-hour mark. Shit. 
Um, we have talked and waffled, and I hope you've had a giggle and a laugh. Let's round this out. Upcoming events. Obviously, uh, Border Wars is not far away. Yep. Um, uh, and then after that, we've got uh, Michael Rockhampton's uh, yes. Thompson up in uh, Cairns, Battle of the Northern Realms. Yep, you can look that one up on Seriously, Facebook. Seriously, if you, if you listen to this and you're from Queensland, fucking sign up to it because you guys... In, in, this is my opinion. Uh, you guys are the biggest uh, gaming state for Age of Sigma in the country. And even though uh, you got Queensland, which is Brisbane and all that, and then Northern Queensland, which is Cairns and uh, Townsville and whatever, you... Even though it seems like you're two different states, you're still one. You need to spread the love a bit, guys, and sign up to his event. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I mean, the guy came bloody... He goes everywhere, mate. Yeah, he goes everywhere. He came third at CanCon. He's running this event. Yeah. Just, you know, what's a brother got to do? Yeah, that's so, it. That's all I'm asking. That's it. What's he, he, goes, gotta... he goes fucking everywhere else, mate. What's, what's, what's he got to do to impress all you people, huh? Yeah. What's he got to do before you go to his event, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man, just... Get him with event already. No, seriously, if um, uh, if I didn't have three kids and a wife and my own company and everything else, mm. I would be certainly making the time to get there. I'm supporting it by way of a sponsor um, with my Wargamer yep. um, terrain and also donating some prizes and stuff. So, um, you know, that's, that's my way of supporting it. But guys, if you can get there, attend, it'll be great. Yeah. Uh, we've got Badger. Which we've that's, talked about. That's the next on the list, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, following that would be Lord of War. Yep. Which they've just increased their cap. Yes, they have. Which is good. They listened to our podcast. They did. They've <laughs> increased it to yeah. Not only have they listened, they've gone over and above. They've increased it to seventy. Yeah. I mean, it's an extra six spots, <laughs> but it's still it's better Fuck. than none. I mean, that's a. That's a pretty good showing, I would think. Um, oh, God, that's so much smoother. Yeah, well, because it's, <laughs> it's not swill. Um, hey, do you reckon this chick on the side of the can looks a bit like me? What chick? This one? Uh, like with the gut? Yeah. Don't don't drink if you're a fat cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do what I want. Thank you. <laughs> you, you, you don't know me. You can't tell me what to do. Um, so after Lord of War, we're pushing into the the realms of the unknown. But yeah, I, mean, um, I don't know. We've got Bush Bash later in the year. Yeah, uh, our destruction events yes. as well. That's still kicking around in the works, oh, guys. We keep talking about it. We will actually talk about it proper. I think we'll we'll dedicate a fair segment of a future episode. I think to we'll it. do an entire episode, a whole episode on it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, fucking not. Nah, fucking <laughs> Maybe a segment. <laughs> no, no. It's going to be a whole episode. It'll be the longest episode we've ever done. Oh, like, it's going to clock in at five hours and 45 minutes just talking about this event. That's just... That's a marathon. That's just how long it's going to take me to tell the backstory. Okay. I'm down for that. Oh, I'm not. Fuck that. <laughs> we might have to record 11 two nights. <laughs> I don't know. Put enough of these Highlands into me. I'd become, Stay I'd be just like Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Do you know Christopher Lambert couldn't actually speak English when he got the role to be in Highlander? Really? Yeah. Yeah. He, he had to learn how to speak English to be in Highlander. Dedication. It's because he speaks French. Yeah. Grew up in Sweden. Yeah, his father was a diplomat. Do they grew up all, in boarding schools all over Europe? 
got his first role in Greystoke, Legend of Tarzan, playing Tarzan who didn't have to talk because, you know... He just grunted. Raised by monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> then got then got the uh, got the job as uh, Mr. McLeod in Highlander without actually being able to speak a word of English. Hmm. That's why he's got such a funny voice. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. The more you know. That's right. Because knowledge is power. It is. <laughs> and so it's cutting off someone's head. Yeah. According to Highlander, it wasn't a, it wasn't making any kind of other comment. <laughs> Might cut that. <laughs> would uh, you would you please bring us back on track? What kind uh, of kind of what kind of co-host are you? Oh, I'm just playing along with the other co-host. So, what uh, what are we going to talk about next episode? Okay, it's been a few weeks. Um, Border Wars will have been and gone probably by yeah, the time we do, do the next do one. Do a bit of a recap on Border Wars. Yeah, be a Border Wars yeah. recap. Um, Tell you how cool the sword is. Yeah, yeah. We'll, After we'll I take it home. Yeah, we'll just we'll take heaps of photos of um, us playing with the sword. Uh, and then just describe those photos to you rather than posting them. Cutting Pat's fingers off. Yep. Um, yeah, cause he's, he's been a bad boy. Well, we'll make sure to put some lotion on them first to soften them up. Um, you know, more supple for the blade. I feel sorry for <laughs> I feel sorry for Coach and um, what's his name, the other bloke on the live stream at the moment while we're recording this, talking about corn. <laughs> Hey, look, it's an interesting vegetable. Uh, it doesn't digest well. No. That makes it fat if you eat too much of it. Yeah, high in sugar. Yeah. Yeah, that, that corn syrup's in so much shit yeah. as a sweetener. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> so, do we actually cover off what we're going to talk about next episode? Oh, yeah, Border Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I think, we'll, I think we'll just do a bit of a Border Wars recap episode. Um, and, I don't know, maybe... Um, We'll get someone else on for that, I reckon. It's always fun to have a special guest in the in the lair. Yeah, yeah, we'll tie someone to a chair, um, make them talk. How about, we're going to get someone on here who has never been on the podcast before. <gasps> really? Yeah, fuck it, why not? Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> if, you'd, if you'd like to be that special someone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, if you go to Border Wars and want to be on Bush Radio. Oh, you're not going to be there, so we can't record anything while we're there. Anyway, shit happens. Yeah. I mean, I could just call you and record our phone call. Nah. I'd get a bit intimate, it's though. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've called you once, and I've never been able to shit right since. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I have that effect on people. I tend to say things that make them clench up in ways they've never clenched before. <laughs> yeah. It's just a mild suggestion. That, that's the key. Subtlety. You know, you just just a little hint and a little nudge here and there, and then next thing you know, right up there. You're banned from drinking Highlanders. <laughs> I think that's fair. Where can we find you on uh, the socials, Dave? You can find me on Twitter at uh, ncdave underscore wargamer or at wargamer.com.au or just on the Facebook's Measured Gaming page, Bush Radio page. Yep. You can find me at Joel McGrath MG on Twitter, uh, on Facebook. Uh, do you reckon we should um, make our own uh, Twitter account for the podcast? Yeah. All right. Let's do that. Nah. Fuck that. I yeah. don't want to 
No, I, I, don't, I don't. It's more work. It is. It's just um, more of a pain in the ass. Actually, I want to uh, just super briefly touch on that. Um, we've been asked a couple of times about whether or not we would be setting up a, a, like a Patreon thing or... Mm. We've talked about it and we've actually decided that we would really prefer to keep this podcast 100% free. Um, Reason for that is we we do appreciate uh, the odd person saying, how do I support you? But uh, the way to support us is not financially. It's just literally uh, contributing to the conversation. Yeah. That is more than enough for us. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we're not in this to make a dollar or anything else we really enjoy doing this and it's a way that we contribute to the community but if you want to help us yeah send in your questions give us your feedback we love it um we do that that there is worth more than a dollar or ten um every month absolutely so um yeah please uh yeah keep supporting us that way support us with your ears and support us with your attendance to badgercon yeah (laughs) that's right (laughs) And other Bendigo events. Yeah. I mean, we run bloody three a year. Yeah. Plus then all the other random-ass ones that we do locally. Yeah, like we do we do one a month plus three big ones a year. And then like random doubles and yeah, all that sort of shit too, so... Get involved. Yeah. Come to Bendigo for a good time. There you go. Alright. I think that'll do. Yeah. Um. So, search for us on Facebook for Bush Radio. Yep. That's where we ask questions. Uh, for you guys to answer and we'll read them out on air. Yeah. Um, we generally ask uh, up to a couple of days before we record. Generally, like, the day of. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. But if you have a question in the meantime, throw it on the page. We'll also answer questions on the Facebook page as well. We've yeah. got no problem in that. Join the Measured Gaming page because there's a ton of hobby gets done on there. Not all Sigma. Um yeah, so if you're more of a well-rounded gamer and like to dabble in a couple of different systems... That's it. Get can, involved. You can check it out. All right. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Dave, you, it's your turn to say the catchphrase. Is it? Yeah. All right. Rate us five stars, you cunts. <laughs> I said that a little angrier than I intended. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Rate us five stars, you cunts. Catch us later. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>